Hi, my name is Molly and I love all things ghoulish, macabre, spooky and paranormal. If you do too, then you'll love to tune in and listen to me bringing you haunted tales from every county in the United Kingdom and eventually beyond. Each week, I pick a county randomly from my ghost haunted box and bring to you a ghostly tale from that particular county. This week, we have been transported to the serene county of Cambridgeshire. So sit or lie back and let's get ghoulish. They estimate the current 2023 population of Cambridgeshire to be 690,000. Cambridgeshire is home to the smallest town in England, Fordham, which gained town status despite its small size. The mathematical bridge in Cambridge is known for its unique design, constructed without the use of nuts or bolts. Ely Cathedral, a stunning medieval masterpiece in Cambridgeshire, was once the tallest building in the world. The first official game of association football was played in Cambridge in 1848. Cambridgeshire hosts an annual straw bear festival where a performer dresses up as a straw bear for traditional dances. The Cambridge University Botanic Garden was opened in 1846 and is one of the oldest botanical gardens in the world. Oliver Cromwell, the Lord Protector of the Commonwealth of England, Scotland and Ireland, lived in Ely for several years. The Finland village of Manir claims to have the longest station platform in Europe. The Wimpole Estate in Cambridgeshire has the largest country house in the county, featuring a Georgian mansion. The Round Church in Cambridge, officially named the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, is one of only four medieval round churches in England. The River Cam, famous for punting, is named after the city and flows through Cambridge. The famous physicist Stephen Hawking spent much of his academic career at the University of Cambridge. The Gog Magog Hills, just south of Cambridge, are said to be the burial place of the mythical giant Gog Magog. Wiccan Fen is one of the oldest nature reserves in the country, known for its diverse wildlife and wetland habitat. The Imperial War Museum Duxford, located in Cambridgeshire, is one of the world's premier aviation museums. The city of Ely has an annual Eel Day Parade, celebrating the historic association with eel fishing in the region. 
The Chilford Hall Vineyard in Cambridgeshire is one of the oldest and largest vineyards in England. The Sedgwick Museum of Earth Sciences in Cambridge houses an extensive collection of fossils, rocks and minerals. The University of Cambridge is renowned for its contributions to science, with numerous Nobel laureates associated with the institution. Cambridge has a peculiar tradition called the Caesarean Sunday, where students parade a wooden representation of Julius Caesar's head through the streets before throwing it into the River Cam, symbolising the assassination of Caesar. This week we embark on a captivating exploration of Cambridgeshire. We delve into the realm of its renowned ghostly tales and paranormal activity that shroud the county in a spooky tapestry of the supernatural. Special thanks go to Haunted Britain, Haunted Rooms and Christ College Hospitality for aiding in my research. Even though the actual county of Cambridgeshire is still young, the area has a great deal of history. It has seen blood spilt, battles won and lost, and great mines formed. As with any place that has been so crucial in its country's history and indeed the world, Cambridgeshire is said to be home to a variety of spirits reluctant to leave their beloved county. Connington Crossing near Peterborough in Cambridgeshire. As the London-bound express trains thunder at ever-increasing speeds past the Cambridgeshire village of Connington, they race over a tiny crossing which a series of tragic accidents have endowed with such a sinister reputation that it has been branded the crossing of death. In the 1940s, six German prisoners of war were killed here when a light engine ploughed into the lorry in which they were travelling early one foggy Monday morning. On 16th of October 1948, Colonel A.H. Mellows was driving his black Chrysler car towards the crossing at around 5.30pm. His passenger, Mr. A.F. Percival, got out of the car to open the gates. The Colonel edged his car forward and drove straight into the path of a London-bound express. The train ploughed into his car, killing both he and his dog instantly. Colonel Mellows was buried with full civic honours and his dog was subsequently laid to rest alongside the stretch of line where the accident had occurred. Needless to say, with such a dreadful reputation, 
the crossing had soon acquired a reputation for being haunted. Signalmen who were assigned the box at Connington would often hear the sound of locked gates apparently being opened and closed. Sometimes they would catch ephemeral glimpses of a large black car approaching the crossing which would have disappeared by the time they had arrived to open the gates. The aptly named Mr Jordan Jinx, who was in charge of the signal box throughout the 1960s, frequently heard the distinctive sound of ghostly tyres crunching across the gravel, although no car was ever visible. The signal box was removed in the 1970s, ostensibly for technical rather than supernatural reasons, but people still avoid the crossing of death when nighttime's lengthening shadows stretch across the remote and windswept fens. The old ferry boat in Holywell, Cambridgeshire. An isolated setting on the leafy banks of the Great Ouse, a thatched roof over ancient oak beams beneath which massive inglenook fireplaces blaze a warm welcome, combine to make the old ferry boat one of Cambridge's most atmospheric inns. Its stone floor is now hidden beneath a plush carpet, except, that is, one rectangular slab of ancient granite which they would never dare cover, for beneath it are said to rest the mortal remains of Juliet Chewsley. Neglected by her lover Tom, the inconsolable girl is said to have hanged herself on March the 17th in about the year 1078. On finding Juliet swinging from the branches of the very oak beneath whose leafy boughs they had come a-courting in happier days, her grief-stricken lover cut her down and cradled the lifeless body in his arms. Having said his last sorrowful and poignant farewell, he buried her where she had died, and marked the spot with the granite stone over which the picturesque old inn now stands. But Juliet does not rest in peace, for every year on the anniversary of her tragic demise, her ghost is said to rise at midnight and float about the old rooms of the old inn, until the last knell of the midnight bell calls her back to the grave, where she disappears to sleep in peace for another year. Such is her posthumous fame that March the 17th is the night at the old ferry boat, the night when ghost hunters and the just plain curious come flocking in their thousands to greet the appearance of the poor girl whose tragic end and subsequent nocturnal jaunts 
have helped make her one of Cambridge's most abiding annual fixtures. Woodcroft Castle near Helpston. Although private and extremely difficult to find, enough of the castle can be seen from the road outside to make the search worthwhile. This moated, turreted little fortress with its old battlements, round towers and mysterious dark windows was once the home of Dr Michael Hudson, the trusted chaplain to King Charles I. During the Civil War, he and his fellow royalists fought dauntlessly against the parliamentarian forces but were gradually forced to retreat to the safety of Woodcroft, where they were besieged. Promised safe passage, they eventually surrendered, only to find the promises of safety broken when the Roundheads resumed the assault upon being admitted to the castle. Hudson was chased to the battlements and forced over the edge where he clung desperately by his fingertips until his attackers chopped off his fingers and sent him plummeting into the moat. Still alive, he attempted to scramble out but was struck by several musket butts, then dragged out and his tongue cut out and sent around the country in trophy. His screams are still heard echoing from the battlements at night, his anguished and agonised voice crying, Mercy, mercy, is often accompanied by the sounds of swords as the long dead participants repeat their phantom siege over and over again. Wiccan Fen Primitive and mysterious, Wiccan Fen has changed little since the days when Herowood the Wake roamed its marshly expanse, battling against the Norman invaders. At night, its wild avenues of beech and rowan tower over beds of giant reeds through which the breeze whispers eerily, and where the sudden movement of a tiny mammal is easily mistaken for the advance of something far more sinister. Strange twisting shades of Roman legionaries, perhaps, for they have been known to materialise before startled witnesses and then melt back just as suddenly into the silent shadows. Battles fought long ago are still repeated by phantom armies that are heard, though never seen. A sinister black dog wades through the dark waters, its eyes fixed on an unseen prey. But the most feared of all the spectres that roam this brooding wilderness are the Lantern Men. 
these strange lights that dance and twist their way over the dark surface of the great mere, or skip erratically in and out of the reeds, are said to be sinister spirits whose sole intent is to lure unsuspecting mortals to a hideous death and a watery grave deep within their marshy domain. Peterborough Museum. Peterborough Museum was regarded by many as the single most haunted location in the city of Peterborough and it isn't hard to see why. The building dates back to the 19th century when a newly married magistrate commissioned its construction. The home was built on the site of a 16th century building, the cellars of which were the only thing remaining. After a desolation of the magistrate's marriage, the home was sold on and used as a hospital from 1857 to 1928. Since modern medicine was still in its infancy during this period, the walls absorbed a great deal of pain and suffering, which likely accounts for much of the paranormal activity reported at the museum today. In the years since its opening as a public attraction, Peterborough Museum has welcomed almost as many would-be ghost hunters as it has art connoisseurs. Among them, the most haunted team who investigated the site in 2005. The museum is haunted by the ghost of Thomas Hunter, a World War I soldier who died from battle wounds while being treated at the hospital in 1916. Reports of his spirit wandering the halls began almost immediately following his death, with the nurse who had been treating him being the first to experience an encounter with his post-rigor mortis incarnation. Over the decades, he has appeared to both staff and visitors of the museum and became quite familiar to the family of a live-in caretaker who worked in the museum during the 1930s. The cellars mentioned above are also highly active and haunted by a poltergeist. Those who have found themselves in the Peterborough Museum cellar for whatever reason have reported hearing footsteps, being struck by unseen forces and even encountering the terrifying apparition of a figure cloaked in black. Christ's College, Cambridge. Christ's College is one of 31 constituent colleges of Cambridge University. It traces its history back to 1437, when noted education fanatic William Bingham founded it. It is only fitting that a college named after the Lord and Saviour of Christianity 
should be home to several residents who deemed it necessary to return to this world after their passing. Staff and students at the college who are generally relatively logically minded have reported the paranormal activity associated with most hauntings such as disembodied footsteps as well as voices and sudden bursts of cold. The most famous spirit of Christ's College is frequently seen wandering around the college swimming pool in a state of silent contemplation. The ghost is believed to be that the former college fellow, Christopher Round. It is said that Round, during his earthly life, was involved in a passionate affair with a lady named Mary Clifford, who was also in a relationship with Philip Collier, a colleague of Round. One night, both of Clifford's lovers found themselves drinking together and several hours later were seen wandering the college grounds, extremely drunk. In his drunken state, Collier fell into the swimming pool and was unable to stay above water. He called to his colleague to save him, but round, spurred on by his desire to have Mary Clifford all to himself, let him drown. Round is said to have been overcome with grief for not saving his drowning colleague and was haunted by his actions for the rest of his life. He most commonly appears at the swimming pool on nights when the moon is full, but is also believed to visit the scene of his greatest regret on the anniversary of Philip Collier's death. Corpus Christi College, Cambridge. Going from one college to another, Corpus Christi College is also a constituent college of Cambridge University and much like Christ's College, has been the scene of much paranormal activity over the centuries since its founding. The most infamous spirit in Corpus Christi College is the ghost of Henry Butts, who was a physician at the college in the 17th century. When an outbreak of the plague swept the campus in the early 1630s, Butts cared for the sick and was widely credited with preventing a more significant loss of life. Despite the praise he received for his heroism, Butts was an unhappy man and suffered from depression. He took his own life on Easter Sunday of 1632 by hanging himself in the Master's Lodge. Since his suicide, Butts's spirit has been encountered by staff and students alike. The ghost of Butts has been reported to be a half-length figure garbed in white with a large and open gash on his neck. According to legend, 
Some students attempted an exorcism of butts in 1904, but that did not prove successful. Haycock Manor Hotel, Peterborough. There is little more thrilling for those who love their ghosts than spending the night in a supposedly haunted hotel. We include the Haycock Hotel on this list with these people in mind. The hotel dates back to the 16th century and has seen an abundance of wealthy and famous guests, the most notable of which was Mary, Queen of Scots. Unfortunately for Mary, she did not get the chance to enjoy the free Wi-Fi or scenic surroundings afforded to most modern guests. She visited the Haycock Hotel under some pretty terrible circumstances. She stayed at the hotel during its time as a coaching inn while travelling to Fotheringay Castle where she was to be executed for treason. Although Mary's body moved on from the Haycock Hotel after a short rest, it seems that her spirit stayed behind to make use of the amenities. Over the centuries, those who have spent the night in the old portion of the building have reported experiencing many unexplainable events, such as disembodied voices and footsteps. Many guests even claim to have encountered the spirit of Mary, Queen of Scots, in the halls and in their rooms. It should be noted that Mary, Queen of Scots, is also said to haunt Yorkshire's Napa Hall, Bolton Castle and a dozen or so other places throughout Great Britain. Now, here are some several spooky stories exclusively from the city of Cambridge and its 814-year approximately old university. Plague Pits Now lush green open space, Midsummer Common has its own dark past. During the Black Death in the 14th century and the Great Plague 200 years later, Pits were dug here to bury those dying of the disease. As ancient common land was an ideal location to lay to rest the decaying corpses outside the city walls. Magdalene Pet Cemetery It not only humans have been buried in Cambridge in a small corner of the Fellows Garden at Magdalene or Maudlin, I apologise if I got the pronunciation wrong, can be found at the Victorian Pet Cemetery, said to be the remains of former master's furry friends. Thirsty Lions. Stone lions sit proudly at the Fitzwilliam Museum, but it's said that if you were ever passing by at midnight, you might see the two lion statues step down from the plinths and drink from nearby Hobson's Conduit. The Peterhouse Exorcisms Peterhouse 
has a history of multiple exorcisms and remains wary of its haunted past. One of its ghosts made such a fuss that its exorcism was reported on the BBC News website in December 1997 as six people were thought to have seen the apparition that year. The ghost was identified as Mr Dawes, a former bursar of the college who hanged himself after the controversial election of the new master Francis Barnes in the 18th century. College staff refused to enter the combination room where two butlers had reported to have seen the apparition gliding across the floor, disappearing over the point his body had been found. The Eagle Pub. A few hundred years ago, a fire raged through the top floor of the Eagle Pub in Bene Street and a young child trapped, unable to open the window, sadly burnt to death. Ever since then, a window has always been kept open on the top floor. On occasions that it has been closed, it has been said to have brought bad luck or has mysteriously opened itself. If you visit Cambridge, you can experience these tales for yourself. On one of the various ghost tours that take place around the city, over Halloween, special events take place, including Halloween punts, where you can float down the chilly eeriness of the River Cam at night. As we conclude our journey through the mysterious tales of Cambridgeshire's paranormal realm, let's reflect on the echoes of history that linger in the air, from the spectral presence of Mary, Queen of Scots, to the solemn whispers of exorcisms and the tales of sadness that echo through time. We've glimpsed into a world where the past intertwines with the present. May we approach these stories with empathy, recognising the shared human experiences of heartbreak and the enduring spirits that weave through the fabric of this ancient land. As we step back into the light, let these tales remind us that even in the shadows, compassion can be our guiding light. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. Your company is greatly cherished. Before I go, let's see where the ghost haunted box has chosen for us to investigate next. Now, I've noticed we've been picking a lot of shires again. We went through a shire phase before. What's it going to be this time? Right. Well, yes, it's another one. So, Cheshire. It's another shire. Cheshire. Excellent. So, join me next week on Friday, the 22nd of December, 
to find out what I have discovered about the county of Cheshire. You can follow me on Instagram by searching Ghost Haunted with Molly or my username, which is Hauntologist1. If you value my efforts and wish to show your support, you can consider making a kind donation. Both links found in my Spotify description box. Your support is always greatly appreciated. I'd like to quickly note that if you're tuning in on Podbean, my podcast has shifted its hosting to Spotify with plans to expand to Apple, Google and other platforms in the near future. Please find me on Spotify where I'll always be. Many thanks. Until next week, stay curious, stay cautious and never let your guard down. For the realm of the unknown is always closer than we think.